talking and I was coming up with shit and I was like thinking you were gonna just come in and you say no, something. I kept every time I tried, like you jumped right on it. I was like, man. Oh uh, no, nah, I wasn't trying to hog it. I was just doing like our normal, <laughs> you know, our normal thing. Our flow was like a conversation thing, and we were usually pretty good about it. But, but you just kept like boop 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 boop. I was like, damn, okay. That was really cool though, man. I really enjoyed that. You was super damn good. Hey, what's popular, everybody? Welcome back to Toy Detox. As always, you have the well-dressed nerd on this side of the mic and Tyler the Collector on the other side of the mic. Tonight, we're doing something a little bit different. We have Brian Volkweis on from The Toys That Made Us. And we're just going to kick it with him a bit and uh, talk about the show and whatever else that crosses his beautiful head. <laughs> How you doing, Brian? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for being interested. It's uh, cool to be talking to you. No, nah, thank you for coming on, man. We, we're really excited to talk to you. The show is awesome. I'm, I'm sure you've heard that a number of times by now. Uh, it's it's been I I've been doing this for 20 years. I've never had a reaction like this. It's been uh, I mean I've I've uh, it's been amazing. I, I've never seen anything like it. The strength of the nerd power is growing throughout the universe is what it is. It is, <laughs> it is definitely grown. Uh, it's changed a lot from when I was a kid. It, yeah. it was not cool to be a nerd uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't think I, ever, uh, I don't think I ever felt so comfortable in my skin as I do today, you know? So, I mean, there was a time when I would walk through toy aisles and, you know, kind of look to see who's looking. <laughs> Cause I'm too old, but not anymore. I'm just I'm on the aisle. I'm like, forget it. So, uh, so let me ask you this question. Uh, I, I mean, from your background, I can see that you like you got a little bit of collecting going on as well. But are you are you a toy collector as well, or? Yeah, and I mean, you know, my collection, the initial pieces in it, uh, started with the toys I was playing with as a kid that didn't get thrown out. So I've basically, I mean, there are parts of my there are a couple pieces, probably no more than five that you know literally go back. 37 38 39 years oh awesome awesome so what's your um if you don't mind me asking what's your favorite piece in your collection if you have one it's tough i mean i i don't know if i have like a favorite piece mm -hmm. um as much uh god i mean i i got a i got a bunch of favorite pieces so uh is that okay can i no, it's, that? it's totally okay because if you asked me that question i would not be able to say what's my favorite yeah. piece. i got like a few of them I got a Cobra Hydrofoil that when I was a kid I never had and I always wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean that I, I I have always wanted that. Um, you know I have uh, I have a B-wing fighter from Return of the Jedi that I absolutely love. Um, try, it's funny I, I love doing interviews from my office at home because uh -huh. I can actually see one one of my random very rare things that I love. Uh, my buddy Brian Stillman got me into this, as I have a whole uh, collection of toys from the movie Dune. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Oh, 
Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm very proud of those. I love those. Very obscure. Doom was a great movie. I don't think I've ever seen any of toys physically anywhere. Uh, they're they're very well them. made and uh -huh. uh, did did not sell well. Yeah. You, you know what? It's funny. I think that um, collectors of our age and, and our generation are, are giving birth. Well, I, I, obviously you know this, but there was, we seem to be giving birth to a lot of toys now in, in old, the revival of older lines and things like that. Yes, like. without a doubt. Um, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, could you, could you tell our audience um, who you are, what you do, and what has got you where you are? Sure. Uh, my name is Brian Bokweiss. Um, I uh, created the toys that made us. I, you know, I've done some other things, but the reason why we're talking, I'm pretty sure, is that. Um, I've always been into toys since I played with them uh, and then started collecting them basically in college mm -hmm. up until this very week. So, um, and I've also been a huge history buff. Oh, so, nice. um, I basically, what I tried to do was combine my love of toys with my love of history. Um, and I'm a big uh, producer with Netflix of stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. So I've had a very long relationship with Netflix. And it took a, it took a while, uh, but I convinced them uh, to give us a chance uh, to make this show. Um, and they very... Uh, they took a big risk because we have never done anything like it before. Mm -hmm. um, and they let us make this show, eight episodes. Yeah, I could see. Um, I remember when I, when I first watched the show, or when I was first told about the show, and then watching the show, I was like, "Well, this is definitely a, a labor of passion." So, I and I, I assumed from the beginning that you were like within our collector community in some way, form or fashion. Um, I, I had a chance to uh, look through your IMDb, and you have an extensive, an extensive resume there. You, you've done a lot of good work. It's pretty awesome. So, oh, very nice. Thank you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. I um. I guess I want to ask you, like, so you, you say it took a while to, to uh, get Netflix to, to accept the idea of doing the show. What, what, if, you, if you can give us some insight into that, what was there? What, did they have, like, a fear that no one would be into, like, a nerd show or something like that? Or, Well, I mean, it, it just it, it took longer than just Netflix. I mean, I, I was trying to sell this show uh, for years. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I would say at least five years uh, before oh, wow. Netflix bought it. Um, so, you know, we came very close in a couple of places, uh, like History Channel, uh, and Net Geo. We came very close, uh, but at the last minute they didn't buy it, which is very normal, uh, for the TV business. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically, uh, like I said, you know, thanks to stand-up comedy, you know, I literally talk to Netflix almost every day, uh, sometimes between email and phone. Um, and going to their offices, I mean, dozens of times a day. Wow. So, you know, I just kept bugging them about my toy <laughs> show. Uh, and it, it became a joke, you know. Oh, I hope Brian doesn't start talking about his toy show again. Um, and I just, you know, I just kept at it. And then one day, um, you know, an executive there, uh, I finally, you know, got to talk to him about it. And he, I mean, I talked to him about it a lot, but I got to talk to him about it in... Let, let me rephrase. Uh, he spoke back to me because mm -hmm. I kept talking about it for years. But <laughs> yeah. he finally gave me some really good insight into the kind of show of this nature that Netflix would do. So I took that knowledge and then we, my company, we went out and shot uh, like a five-minute tape mm -hmm. 
that basically showed how we would do the show. Then we made like a, probably about a 20 page treatment. It was like a document that also showed how we would do the show. We presented it and um, they made an offer and we did the deal. And then we went and made the show. Oh, wow. So all in the Netflix of it all probably was uh, close to two years, but all in price probably closer to six years than five years trying to oh, get wow. it made. Wow. Yeah, it took a long time. Definitely a labor of love, man. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, just, you just blew away a couple of my questions there with that because uh, one of my questions was going to be what what um, made you decide to go to Netflix, a streaming service, versus going to um, standard television. But clearly you were going to a lot of different um, outlets to get it made, obviously. And yeah, I mean, that, in, in the TV business, you're kind of stupid to just try and get one place mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. Um, but that being said... Um, I feel very blessed. I mean, very blessed that we ended up on Netflix. Uh, the the greatest experience of my entire career. Now, Carl, Car, uh, flesh that out a little bit more for us. Like, what what makes it so much special? More special being on Netflix than say having done this on say maybe like I don't know an ABC or Adult Swim or I don't know something like that. I, I can't. I can't compare. You know, I've done one series for Netflix. I mm -hmm. haven't done a hundred. Mm -hmm. So I can only talk about this experience. Uh -huh. And I've had great experiences almost every network where I've ever worked. Mm -hmm. um, but in this experience, um, they, I mean, they were great. They basically allowed us to do my vision of the show with almost no interference. Wow. We got detailed notes every time we turned in a cut, but... They were, first of all, they were great notes. So if we got 100 notes, 98 of them we agreed with and we did. And then two of them we pushed back on and they would always say, hey, it's your show. So do what you want to do. And, you know, the Star Wars uh, episode was the first episode that we turned in. Mm -hmm. And it the first cut that we turned in was two and a half hours long. And oh, wow. to be completely honest with you, if Netflix had been like, you know, we had a great executive there, a guy named Nat, you know, if Nat had been like, hey, we love it. Great. I think we might have turned in a two and a half hour episode. I would have watched that whole episode, by the way. Nerds would have watched that. But, ate it up. You know, man, I would have. You would have. I don't know if enough. Let me tell you right now. Most people would not. have. Yeah, I believe uh, that. <laughs> Nerds are dedicated. So. It, you know, I think part of the reason uh, that we're getting such a good reaction mm -hmm. publicly. And, you know, one of the things that we hear the most is we wish the episodes were longer. We wish there were more episodes. That is the greatest compliment a producer can get. Hmm. The worst thing is, oh, it was slow or I was bored. My wife or my husband kept leaving to make, you know, coffee or whatever. That's what you normally hear. Yeah. So, what Netflix did was they were very good at guiding us and getting the cuts to be under an hour and also really good at giving us notes to stay on topic. Um, the example I would give is um, there's, a, there's a very obscure character in Star Wars collecting named Vlix. Have you ever heard of Vlix? Yeah. So uh, we had a, in the first cut that we turned in, uh, there was a 10-minute, 10-minute, 
section on Vlix. I, uh, I'd say even 99 out of 100 Star Wars fans uh, do not need 10 minutes on Vlix. <laughs> so we, we were very lucky that the notes we got, uh-huh. you know, and a lot of the complaints that I've seen online about stuff we cut, um, I know that they're complaining and I feel bad and usually I agree with them as a collector myself, mm-hmm. but I know that as we're getting 99.9% positive feedback, had we left everything in, I know the feedback would have been much, much, much worse Yeah, had we done things like a 10-minute segment on Blix like idiots. Yeah. So let me ask you, um, if you don't mind or if you can What's some of the negative feedback? Because I can't imagine what... Other than... I do have one bone to pick with you, sir. I'll get to that here yeah. in a minute. But what's some of the negative uh, feedback that you've gotten? Because I, I think sometimes the negative stuff is fun to um, to laugh at. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'll tell you all the negative feedback that mm-hmm. I've seen because it's a very short list. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm... You know, it's not like I'm not paying attention. I read everything on Facebook. I check Twitter a couple times a day. So... I am knowledgeable, I think, of what's being said. Mm -hmm. And the only negative feedback that we've received really is um, the episodes are too short. Why did we release only four? Um, Why did you interview Michael Bay? He destroyed Transformers. Um, And um, the cursing. Some people had, even though Netflix rating and the TV rating, it says, Clearly, at the beginning of the show, it's uh, M14, meaning you should be 14 or older. A lot, Some people have complained and said we shouldn't have had cursing, uh, especially in the He-Man episode. Uh-huh. So that, that's it. I mean, those are the complaints. I, I, really, um, I, I really can't. I can't think that there's really been no other complaints. I would imagine. Uh, I want to hear your complaint, though. What's your complaint? Bring it. Oh, no, it's not really a complaint. It's more of, where's the Transformer episode? (laughs) Oh, well, you know what, dude? We do get that question a lot. So Uh, basically, and I'm glad you asked that because I want to explain this to a lot of people. Season one was broken into two parts. Season 1A and season 1B. Okay. So 1A came out on the 22nd. 1B is coming out in uh, early, mid-2018. And that will include Transformers. Ah, okay, so saving the best for last. (laughs) So we (laughs) shot it. We put a lot of work into it. We went to Japan. We met with all the Takara people. We met with all the 80s people that were at Marvel and Hasbro. So it's. I'm very proud of that episode. I'm actually proud of every episode, but... Transformers came out really good. It, it's a really good story. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Tyler has a question. Has a question for you as well. Oh, I'm full of lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, besides Transformers, are you able to kind of tease us what what the other four episodes are, or the other three episodes are going to be yeah. about? Part two. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, Transformers, Lego, Hello Kitty, and Star Trek. Okay, nice, nice. Now, go ahead, Tyler. No, I, w- I was just going to say, have, have you gotten any pushback on the on the Barbie episode, or are you expecting any now with Hello Kitty coming up? Great question. Um, 
we haven't the word the, this is what we've seen about Barbie quite a bit. We've seen a bit of I watched three episodes, but I didn't watch Barbie. <laughs> uh, so we've seen a, some of that. Um, we haven't really seen anybody say I hated Barbie. I haven't seen that if anybody's written that. And I, I've also seen a fair amount of, um, you know, on Barbie. Uh, what have I seen? What people have been saying? Um, you know, I love the three episodes a lot. So I gave Barbie a chance, and I was surprised it was really good. So that we've been seeing that a lot too. But to answer your other question, uh, yeah, I am expecting a lot of uh, grief about Hello Kitty. And the reason why we're going to get grief, and rightfully so, is there's an argument to be made that Hello Kitty is not a toy. There's an argument to be made that it's a brand. Mm. And we address that in the episode. We go right into that, like 12 seconds into the episode, we tap, tackle that topic. And, you know, Netflix greenlit eight episodes and left it up to me what toys we cover. So it was my decision to do Hello Kitty, and I know people are going to bitch about it. It's already started. <laughs> but you know, I, 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 you know, I did the best I could to pick the right eight toys. Well, it's kind of funny as you're saying that too, because mentally in my head, I was just trying to think of Hello Kitty toys I've seen over the years. I think if if anything, it's probably been import vinyl, like if anything. Yeah, like that keychain. Here, here, like here, here's the thing about Hello Kitty, and I say this, and again, I made the decision. I'm not trying to hide from anybody that I made the decision, but. Hello Kitty is a toy, to quote uh, the great Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, from a certain point of view. If you ask my wife, who is a Chinese woman, uh, Chinese girl growing up in Douglasville, Georgia, where she was the only Asian person in her school, she would absolutely aggressively argue that Hello Kitty was a toy. We interviewed dozens of people that would argue it was a toy i personally i have now produced a tv episode about hello kitty and i'm not still convinced it's a toy it might really be great but it's not a, it's not about me it, it's about you know the perception of what a lot of different like i said people are going crazy on facebook that we interviewed michael bay other people are going on cra crazy on facebook saying michael bay for me, is my Transformers. So what we tried to do with every episode was just really be honest with ourselves and with the audience about what we discovered. You know, I wasn't a He-Man fan. I didn't know anything about He-Man when we started making this show. So He-Man, for me, compared to Star Wars or G.I. Joe, you know, He-Man was a great example of I knew we had to do it. I knew it hit all of the topics that I cared about in terms of what episodes we made, but I didn't know anything about it. But the more we dug into it, the more we were like, this is a great story. And I can say that also about Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty was a great story. Wow. I'm, well, let me just say this. Like, I, I've enjoyed it. I've watched, uh, I will say, three and three quarters episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was watching with, the bar. With, 
Which one did you not get through? Uh, I I clipped the end of, of the Barbie episode. I watched about forty minutes of it, probably. Um, and it's at least to me, some of the inter- interesting things I've seen is is the controversy over who can take credit or who designed what. Like we saw a little bit of that in the He Man one. Uh, we there was a, a lot of that in the Barbie one. I mean, to me, that was a a surprise. Were there any moments like that throughout your journey that have kind of caught you by surprise? I mean, there were a lot of things in the journey that caught me by surprise. I mean, without a doubt. Um, You know, and, and, you know, it's also hard to remember what was a surprise and what wasn't. Um, Because I read a lot of books. I told you I'm a big history buff. Mm -hmm. So I devoured a lot of books, you know. Those guys in He-Man, a lot of them have written books, self-published, but they did write books. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd read the books and I knew about the controversy. So, um, you know, I was surprised, you know, Star Trek, um, which obviously isn't coming out for a little while, that episode. But, you know, Star Trek had a lot of surprises because something I never appreciated till we were producing the show was, you know, Star Wars had George Lucas. Star Trek really didn't, like Gene Roddenberry didn't have the power or the legal rights to Star Trek that Lucas had to Star Wars. And it really created a, you know, we cover this a lot, but like, you know, there were blackboards made of Star Trek in the 60s where the Enterprise could land on planets with wheels. Like, just insane quality control problems. So, oh, wow. yeah, I, that, that was a big surprise. Um, you know, G, one of the biggest surprises for me at all wasn't about creators, really, but something I really did not, it's like I had heard it. You ever hear something in life, but until you're dealing with it, you don't really think about it yeah. too much? Yeah, I get that. I always knew that Marvel was very involved with Hasbro, but I didn't really understand how, like, really involved Marvel was with Hasbro to the point where, and this is one of the biggest surprises for me for the whole eight episodes, was um, Mar- uh, Hasbro hired Marvel to basically create all the characters for he- uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe. And um, on the G.I. Joe of it all, they sent a box of all the figures to Marvel. And, you know, we talk about this in the episode. To to be honest with you, I'm so used to giving interviews where no one has seen the shows that I forgot you guys have seen it. So I know you know the story. Anyway, so let me just jump to the point, which is one of the biggest surprises for me was that Hasbro initially was not going to have Cobra. And it was at Marvel that created Cobra and then Hasbro retroactively, you know, raced the clock to have Cobra involved with GI Joe. That was for me, one of the biggest surprises. That I, I I'm on that episode. Well, I'm, I'm wrapping that episode tonight. And I, I was stunned by the fact that they, they told them that we, we got to have a villain. We have to have a villain, which I was more so stunned by the fact that they didn't already have a villain considering we're talking about soldiers. I was like, well, how do yeah. I know? Yeah, but I, yeah. I was really I was really um, taken back by the fact that that the company that they hired came back and told them, "Hey, you've got to have a bad guy." So yeah, 
And, and yeah. had it not have that bad guy, maybe the, the line wouldn't be what it is today, possibly. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I, I absolutely think it changed the line. It's funny. It's like one of those, uh, one of those perfect, one of those perfect storm deals. I think maybe um, where you have just creative minds on one side, and you come up with a concept, and you have another creative mind that comes in and sprinkles a little more pepper on it, and makes it even, yeah. makes it even better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and we saw a lot of that. I mean, that was. It's one of the things I learned the most in making the show was just how, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean it in a good way. There were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You know, no toy on a major level gets built and created and marketed and sold and all those things by one or two people. It's 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 a lot of people to make these things work. Yeah, team effort, definitely. Um, Tyler, did you have did you have another one? Oh, I got a whole list, man. <laughs> oh, fire up, bro. Um, well, since you brought up the the transformer thing, are you yourself a big transformer collector? If I only had Transformers in my collection, people would say, wow, he's a big, he's really into Transformers. He has a lot of Transformers. But my Transformers collection is dwarfed by my Star Wars and G.I. Joe collection. Hmm. So uh, it's probably third place, maybe tied with Batman. I always forget about this. I have a huge Batman collection. So um, it's probably out of many, like I have a whole shelf only of RoboCop toys to give you perspective. Hmm. So, but yeah, I would say Transformers is out of 10 or 12 lines that I collect seriously, which includes RoboCop and Batman and Robotech. Um, oh. I'd say Transformers is probably number four. Oh, you, you just said the magic word. You, you said, said the magic said ro- word. You said ro- <laughs> Robotech. I could hear maybe, maybe he sit up in his chair from here. I, I, tell, I, I literally threw a fist in the air like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Robotech is one of my all-time, not only one of my all-time favorite lines, one of my all-time favorite cartoons. Just awesome. I, I, I really, Even though we, we all know the story of Robotech and how it was all spliced together, right? But I, I Most people don't. You know Most what? people don't. For those of you out there listening who do not know the story of Robotech, do your Googles. Do your Googles. It's well worth it. But um, I, I, I especially love the way um, Robotech didn't, wasn't afraid to, to tell us a story that developed. You know, you had to stick it out and follow, and follow the story. I really love that. Even yeah, as a kid. If, it's funny. If we get a second season, we don't know right now. We don't know if we're going to get anything. But if we do get a second season, I don't know if it's going to be six episodes or 30 episodes. Mm-hmm. So if we get a small order, they're not going to be Robotech. But if we get a medium order, there's going to be Robotech. Pie in the sky. I love Robotech. And it's a great story. It is. It is. My brother cried when Roy Foker died, and I, I even to this day, at, <laughs> at 40 years old and 35, I still spend my time uh, terrorizing about the fact that Roy Foker is no longer with us. <laughs> Pie in the Sky, what um, toy lines would you want to cover for the next season? So we definitely would do My Little Pony. We definitely would do uh, Matchbox uh, slash Hot Wheels. We would do Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. 
Um, one thing, to be honest with you, that is on the list, but was at the bottom of the list, but because of everything I've seen on social media, is now high on the list, is wrestling figures. Hmm. So we will definitely, and I Googled it a bit. It's a good story. Um, so, um, so we definitely would do um, wrestling figures. We would do something. I'm not exactly sure what yet with, you know, people are saying superpowers or super friends or whatever. Like, ideally, based on my own selfishness, we would do an episode only on Batman because he's the only superhero I really like. Uh, rumor has it the show is not made just for me. So uh, I guess we would probably do an episode on all the superheroes. So we cut, you know, we've already interviewed Marty Abrams a few times from Mego, mm -hmm. but you know, I think we do a big thing on the superpowers, and, you know, and then what Mego started and then Kenner did up until like what NECA is doing now with their beautiful Batman and all that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so a superpowers episode for sure. Um, maybe the uh, strawberry shampoo. Maybe um, you know, we, have, we have certain criteria for picking the toy. So yeah, we got a little baby. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, sounds very similar to my son. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Continue, please. Oh no! So I'm just saying. So no, those are the lines. I I was rambling. Sorry. No, 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 man. We hey, this show is. You should go back and check out some more episodes. We're all about the rambling. Okay. <laughs> it's a rambling, and, <laughs> rambling and off and off tangents, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you guys given any thought to like Voltron or Thundercats or any any of these other kind of '80s lines that were huge? Yeah. So we're definitely considering. Um, Thundercats. Uh, we got to do a little. See, the interesting thing about Thundercats is it's a huge thing in people's minds, but it was not that successful. Hmm. So it, 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 and again, the fact that it didn't succeed isn't the end of the world. Star Trek really has never succeeded uh, as a toy. You know, He Man flamed out spectacularly. If you've seen the episode, I'm yeah. sure you know. So, um, so it's an interesting thing. So we probably would do Thundercats just because it would be so popular. And it, 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 it's, it's a pretty good story. Um, but Voltron, my guess is Voltron would be folded into another episode. I'm not sure what. I don't know if Voltron could support its own story, its own entire episode. Hmm. Do yeah, I mean, it, it's got some of that same lineage like Robotech, where it was a Japanese anime and then chopped up and kind of made kid-friendly and brought over to uh, the U.S. I mean, it just, I mean, it could roll right into another episode, like, like you're saying, with Robotech. Yeah. It, it, we, like I said, we, we, I don't want to say no to anything, so it, it's possible. It's very possible, but my gut tells me Voltron would be a part of a bigger episode. That's a guess. Like, you know, a lot of people online are complaining we didn't do a standalone gem uh, episode. I have a thing for Jim, by the way. I, I love Jim, too. <laughs> I, you know, before this show started, I knew more about Jim than I did Barbie. I, I watched Jim cartoon as a kid. So, 
I never, I, I never saw a Barbie cartoon. So, but you can't do an episode about Jim. You just can't. Like it, it, it wasn't on sale long enough, and it's not for sale. Hasn't been for sale in thirty years. So, Voltron is on sale again, and is a very popular Netflix show. Very popular. So Voltron's possible. But Robotech as well. I mean, Robotech has been on sale pretty much nonstop for mm-hmm. 35 years. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Why is it you think that shows like, say, um, uh, Volt- maybe Voltron, uh, but more so um, Thundercats, uh, Silverhawks, I'll bring up Silverhawks, shows like that, they, they are like ingrained in our memories as these big, huge deals but apparently weren't as successful because if you were to ask me, I would have I would have thought that Thundercats is one of the greatest shows ever. But now that you mention it, I, I think it didn't go what more than what two or three um, seasons. If Dude, that. didn't even really finish the second season. Mm-hmm. I just want to preface this by saying I am not a toy teacher or a toy historian. I am a you are on this a- show, buddy. You are on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I am now, but I mean, I'm just telling you what I'm about to tell you is my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, people could tear it apart, and I'd probably learn from the people tearing it apart. So here's my opinion. When we were kids, and whoever, whichever one of you was 40, I'm very I'm 41. So when we were kids, whichever one of you was 35, uh, that you, I think you missed it. But even though it's five years, it makes a difference, or six years. But, but this is the thing. Like, when you're sitting there in 1982 there's no youtube there's no ipad there's no iphone there's no cartoon network there's no disney channel there's nothing there's three networks three and one of them is playing cartoons when you get home from school and one of them is playing cartoons on saturday mornings so it's ingrained in you. It's just drilled into you because it's either hang out with mom, do homework, or watch Thundercats. So that's the first thing. The second thing is they were good cartoons. Well, I don't know about Silverhawks. Silverhawks, I never got into. And sir, I do weird. not down Silverhawks, sir. Do not. Yeah. Do not do I, I, I was more in- Wait, what'd you say? I sorry? Said, do, do not down Silverhawks, sir. Oh, do not do sorry. it. <laughs> my, bad. my bad. No, I'm just messing with you. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, back, I'll back off nice and slow. Nice and slow. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got into Thundercats in a big way when I was a kid. I did not get into He-Man. But my I have two kids now. I got a, a three-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. They really – they barely watch TV. They watch Surprise Egg, which – I'm sure if you guys have kids, you're aware of, um, which obviously is connected to toys, uh, to put it mildly. Um, But, you know, my daughter, her favorite thing in the world to do, favorite thing is, and again, she's three and a half. She Googles the words funny animals. Hmm. And she'll sit there and watch a panda roll down a hill or a, a bulldog gets stuck under a table over and over and over. So when we were kids, we couldn't do that. Yeah. There was no YouTube. There was no iPad. So, yeah. So that's why we did what we did, and that's why it's so ingrained, just because there wasn't that much to do comparatively. Tyler, you know, you know how we talk about like where toys are now 
Uh, well, like, we we've done we've literally done episodes where we talked about like Saturday morning um, cartoon shows and the toys that go along with it, and the kids nowadays that are missing out on that. I, I was Tyler. I think we should ask him about what, what he thinks. Well, we, we, we will. We'll ask you. What do you think about where we are now, and and how kids are. Um, are connecting to connecting or not connecting to, to toys and cartoons because of the internet and I guess social media apps and all of this stuff. I mean, do you think it has a large effect on where toys are now and the cartoon shows and stuff? I think that, and this is something that I learned from making the show. I didn't know this before the show. It's not really about the toys. It's about us. That's, uh-huh. and that's why we, that's why we called the show what we called the show. Mm-hmm. It's the toys that made us. But another title for the show could have been like, we made the toys. Because it, it's who you are when you're four years old. It's who you are when you're 10 years old. Like, you're not aware of needing money to pay rent. You're not aware of venereal diseases you're not aware (laughs) (laughs) you you live in a much simpler world that when you're in a vintage toy store and you see something that you used to play with yes you have fond memories of the cobra hiss i'm not saying you don't i do but what it's really doing is reminding you of who you were playing with the cobra hiss on your parents' carpet when you were eight, where you didn't understand all these bad things out there. So I guarantee you, our kids now are going to be as excited about Shopkins and uh, Hatchimals and all this other nonsense. Nonsense to me. <laughs> yeah. yep. I guarantee you, when they're in their 40s, they're going to be collecting that stuff the way we are collecting, you know, the, the Mombat. So... So we'll see kids looking for that Bayverse Transformer. Yeah. By the way, but but by the way, you'll see those guys now. If you read the feedback on Facebook, you Mm -hmm. will see the the Bayformers guys, which I'll be honest with you, I never heard that expression in my life until today. (laughs) Um, Dude, those guys are giving as good as they get. And you know what? This is something that I learned making the Star Transformers episode. For at least half of the people that are into Transformers today, I'd say, sorry, not half. I would say at least a third. Their Transformers began with Beastmasters. Beast Beast, uh, Beast Wars? Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Oh, God. You're touching on on a subject here. Let's not go down that road. (laughs) You're touching on a subject here. (laughs) You don't like Beast Wars? No, that's a... uh, So I would consider myself a Transformer connoisseur. And uh, Beast Wars is definitely a sore subject in the Transformer fandom. It's kind of uh, what made it okay to change the DNA of Transformers. And that kind of led down and kind of, if if you want to call it the dark days with the Unicon trilogy and uh, Transformers animated and just all these different lines and uh i just don't know what it is man with beast wars if it's just the animation i mean people want to argue that the writing's better but there's a uh definitely a love-hate relationship with beast wars in the fandom and, and you see the same thing in star wars with the 
prequels. There are millions and millions of, and I just want to tell you, I, I'm an old school Star Wars guy and I'm an old school Transformers guy. I got all those Transformers statues, including Omega Supreme. Like, I'm an old school Transformer. I don't know anything about Beast Wars until we did the show and I still don't know much about it. I, I am not crazy about the Michael Bay. <laughs> but I will tell you this. It, it it's not it, it's not cut and dry. It, no, it is not. On, on Instagram, there are thousands of old school Star Wars Instagram sites and thousands of prequel Instagram sites, and it's the same thing I'm learning for Transformers, where people our age feel the way we do, but we Hasbro and we put this in the. I keep. I, I'm so sorry. It's like. First, I forget that you guys have seen He-Man, and now I'm forgetting that you haven't seen Transformers. <laughs> episode, you know, we spend the majority of the episode in the 80s, don't get me wrong. But, like, we spoke to the people at Hasbro that were at Hasbro in the 90s, and they absolutely, and early 2000s, and they absolutely say that without Beast Wars, uh, there would have been no... Michael Bay and no Steven Spielberg to keep oh, wow. the things moving. Wow. And I don't know, but you know what? You would argue that Michael Bay made them to, not you, but people would argue Michael mm. Bay ruined movies. Michael Bay, no, no I, would. How, I would. No matter how much you hate the movies, mm -hmm. those movies kept Transformers relevant. And by keeping them relevant, we got the Masters series, we got the new Takara versions of G1. None of that would have happened without Michael Bay's movies. And that being said, those movies make too much money for everybody to hate them. You could say the first one was a fluke, but they've made five of them. They're all, the first four especially, ridiculously profitable. Mm -hmm. Somebody likes them. We, we, we've had a discussion many a time on this show as many, many, as, as a matter of fact, the uh, toy detox uh, consulting agency <laughs> will like uh -huh. give, give you a few beats, right? <laughs> We're going to give you a few beats right quick for maybe your upcoming uh, Transformers episode. Um, we'll, we'll gladly take our payment under the table. <laughs> but, <laughs> so um, within the Transformer community, I'm, well, let me ask you first before I assume that you that you that you didn't. Did you come across the conversation of third party transformer collecting and KO third party uh, KO transformer collecting and the divisions we, within? Yeah, we came across it in a big way. We even interviewed somebody only about that topic. Mm -hmm. It did not make it into the final episode. Mm. That's 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 something. Uh, just just within the that's a large. That's a large conversation that just continues to go on. It seems like, you know, um, is third party uh, Transformers affecting the IP of Hasbro? Does Hasbro care about the third party? And then, of course, what what, what constitutes a KO? Like, what, what, what do you think? Of, do you have any insight on that as far as your own opinion about third party collecting KO, trans, uh, KO Transformers and um, original Hasbro um, license, license figures? I listen. I, I uh, it's a really interesting topic. Do I have my own opinion? Of course. Um, I would say if something is done in a small way that affects IP, then 
it, it is what it is. If something is done in a big way that could damage the IP or damage the profits of a, like, this is what you have to understand about Hasbro. Mm -hmm. You look at Hasbro now and you're saying to yourself, wow, this is this big old powerful company. They got, you know, billions and billions of dollars pouring in through the windows and through the chimneys. But this is the thing about the toy business. And this is the thing, not to get all professorial here, but this is the thing about capitalism. Just because you have money pouring in the chimney one year, that doesn't mean that money coming in the next year. And if you look at Hasbro, Hasbro bought Kenner for pennies. And at one point, Kenner had money pouring in the windows. Hmm. Miko had money pouring in the windows. There's, you know, Galoo. There's so many, you know, Parker Brothers was this amazing company that was like, oh, I think over 100 years old when Hasbro bought it. Like, Mattel. Mattel has been hurt really badly this year. And there's a lot of rumors that Hasbro is going to buy them. Oh, wow. So my point is, when you steal IP, it it might not matter that day or that month or that year. It might not matter for four or five years. But it, it could damage the company that owns it. And some of these companies, you know, again, going back to Mattel right now, you know, a lot of money that Mattel makes comes from Barbie. And for whatever reason, Barbie's doing, you know, Barbie's had a rough 2017. Oh, wow. So it's really hurt Mattel badly. And that's one toy. They probably have 20 to 40 lines of toys, but just Barbie getting beaten up has affected their stock price bad. So, yeah, that's it, it, that's my long-winded I think there's an opinion in there. <laughs> no, I, you, you, you did very good, sir. You did very good. <laughs> um, well, I tell you what, we're coming up on an hour. Um, of course, we can go for forever, but we don't want to take all of your time if you if you uh, need to go. Uh, I'm good. I got till 6.30. So oh, okay, cool, got, cool, cool. I know Tyler's got his list of questions, but uh, <laughs> I, I, got, I got five minutes. I love talking about this stuff. All right. Uh, well, I'm, I'll just keep narrow, narrowing it down then. So I think it was very smart, and I'm sure it was by design and not on accident that the Star Wars was the first episode. And with the uh, debut of uh, The Last Jedi, I'm assuming you have seen it. Would that assumption be correct? I did see it, yes. All right. Share with us your thoughts on, on, on The Last Jedi. Uh, uh, I did not love it. Uh, I did not love it. Um, I felt that, um, you know, it's funny. I watched uh, Die Hard yesterday. It's mm -hmm. kind of a Christmas movie for us. Great Christmas movie. You know, I'm sitting there watching Die Hard, and we had somebody watching us with a young girl, never seen it before. And she, and as you guys know, this is a 20-year-old movie. Mm -hmm. So she just, every five to ten minutes for two hours, she just kept saying, this is so smart. This is so smart. And that was the problem with Last Jedi, was you saw these characters that you loved, at least I loved, from Force Awakens. I saw Force Awakens three times in the theaters. 
um, you saw these characters just just kind of doing dumb things. Like, <laughs> why why would Poe risk the rebellion for one dreadnought? They, they were the Empire, the New Order, First Order, whatever it's called. They probably had fifty dreadnoughts and were building twenty more. Like, who who cares? Get the get out of there. <laughs> like, that you know, was just kind of dumb. The at the end of the movie, Finn finally. By the way, I, I like his character. Like, I, I feel like the guy's the greatest actor on earth because he gets handed all the stupid stuff to say and do <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> finally, here he is at the end of the movie, about to save the rebellion. And this girl he met six hours earlier stops him from being a hero. And says she loves him. <laughs> she loves him six hours later. No, I think she said she liked him. No, I think I she guess, said she loves him. She's a stalker. <laughs> I don't know. But it was just like twice in two hours, the entire rebellion was. And I don't feel like I'm nitpicking right now for the record. Maybe I am. I could get into my nitpicking. Like, I'll give you nitpicking. Mm-hmm. How did the ship get cut in half? And then successfully land its invasion force. That's nitpicking. Yes. How did they do that? You, you would think that would be it would be hard to land an invasion force. Uh, by the way, I'll also say this, and this is super nitpicking. Even as a kid, five years old, I was watching Empire Strikes Back. Like, why are they landing the the walkers so far away? And I know there was the shield. I get it. <laughs> but and whatever that was then just like they were, <laughs> no, that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> I could land after surviving their spaceship broken in half they maybe should have landed a little closer that's <laughs> not- <laughs> the other thing I'll also say a slow speed chase <laughs> I'll say this I'm like the most upbeat guy you've ever met I rarely get depressed I seriously was depressed for two days after I saw Speed 2, Cruise Control. Did you ever see that? (laughs) Yes, unfortunately. Speed 1 is one of my favorite films of all time. All time. Love it. And then Speed 2 takes place on a cruise ship, which I don't know if you know this or not. Don't move very fast. (laughs) Um, It was the most crazy thing ever. So it was like I felt like entertainment learned, the business learned. (laughs) Don't have a slow speed chase, but I guess not. So yeah, I I, I was uh, I was not the biggest fan of this movie. You are in good company, except for Mickey. Mickey Mickey loves everything. I I, I hope it makes a lot of money. I, I hope it makes a lot of money because these things need to make money, so they make more. And by the way, sometimes you got to make a bad movie to make a good movie. Star Trek Two came about because of Star Trek 1. Like, so as long as they keep making them, I'm happy. Obviously, this will break a billion. I hope it does 1.5, but whew, that was rough. Literally, when I walked out of the movie, everybody around me from the crowd was basically being like, oh, Miss Rogue One. So just so you know, my battery's about to die, so if I hang up on you, uh, I'm not hanging up on you. I think that everything is converging. I think that when my daughter is old enough, you know, I think when my daughter is eight or nine, she's three and a half now, um, 
I think she won't understand the question you're asking me. It'll all basically be the same from her point of view. I, um, you know, there was a time in life where everybody, you know, rode horses. And then there was a time in life when everybody saw the first car come into town. And then there was a time in life where nobody rode horses except for fun. So I think that's what the business is going through now. I, I think that cable is, is going to become more like streaming. And I think to a certain extent, streaming will become more like cable. Like, I'm old enough to remember. I don't know if you guys remember this or not. But the big deal about cable when it started was it had no commercials. Yep. It had commercials. So that's that's what I see happening. And I'll say this about Netflix. Listen, do I think Disney buying Fox is the best of news for Netflix? Eh, probably not. That being said, Netflix is just the smartest. The people that run it, I know a lot of them. They're as smart as it gets. And they have the money and the knowledge. And I mean this as a compliment. The aggressive tendencies to not let something like this really bother them or hurt them. Again, Brian, thank you for being on. Uh, we you. have. Thank you. You, I, I'm so honored. You, you know, to be talking to you guys and about this topic. So thank you guys. So we have a kind of a rapid fire thing that that we like to end on with all guests. So just off the top of your head, just let it go as fast as you can. All right, we're racing all right. the battery. Go. All right, we're racing the battery. I love it. All right, uh, favorite Saturday morning cartoon show? Oh, Transformers. Good answer. Favorite cereal growing up? Frosted Mini Wheats. Oh, that is a first. Good answer, though. I'm also a fan of Frosted Mini Wheats. Uh, favorite Christmas present? Well, uh, it wasn't really a Christmas present. It was a Christmas present, but my mom told me if I stopped biting, and by the way, to be honest with you, eating my fingernails, uh, she would buy me the Millennium Falcon. So, but I just happened to get it at Christmas. So, yeah, I'll go with Millennium Falcon. That's awesome. <laughs> uh what is your one collecting holy grail that continues to elude you or that you're currently chasing oh um it's the bridge it's the mego bridge from star trek the motion picture i've never even seen one i was gonna say i didn't even know that existed yeah it's really weird wow okay all right, and then just to bring it back full circle, you said you had five toys that made it through your childhood into your adulthood. What are what are those five toys? Uh, I said, I think I said less than five. Um, I got a uh, Millennium Falcon diecast, the little one. It's right over there. I could get it. Uh, I got two minifigs, uh, my Lego minifigures, and uh, I have my. By the way, MOC, um, Imperial Death Star Droid, and I have an MOC, uh, it's not a little weak on the M, but it's OC, uh, Emperor from Return of the Jedi. Wow. Carded made it through your childhood. That is impressive. Yeah. It was a complete accident. You know why? Um, the, the Death Star Droid, I didn't want. I didn't care about it. So it just sat at the back of my closet. So 
I was back home about 10 years ago packing some stuff and I saw it there and I'm like, oh shit, this, this is actually a big deal now. So that was just luck. And then we submitted uh, the proofs of purchase for the emperor and it didn't come. We called Kenner and complained and they sent us one and then the original one came. So we had two. So it just survived. Wow, um, that's amazing. All right, again, Brian, thank you for joining us. Uh, for all the listeners out there, I, I'm sure our audience, if 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 you haven't checked it out already, make sure you go and check out the new documentary on a, I guess you'd call it a series doc documentary. Is that an accurate uh, description? It's a doc series. Uh, doc series. Netflix. Only on Netflix. All right, the toys that made us. Thank you again, Brian. Congratulations on the success. We are definitely looking forward to season one, part two. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Have fun out there. All right, guys. So um, that's a wrap on tonight's episode. Um, shout outs to the Cool Table Network, uh, Sharecast Uncut, Enter the Realm, uh, Beer and Bolters 40K, Nerd Rage Radio, um, Stasis Lock, and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but um, I think I got it. All right. Uh, good night, folks. <laughs>